0: You're having a laneway named after you. Is this a first for you? Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say it is. I'm very excited about it, actually. Yeah, how does it feel? I don't know, really. I mean, um, uh, I suppose I'm flattered and, and all that stuff, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sir Andrew, what do you look forward to most about your visits to Toronto? The concerts, <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I love coming back to Toronto because I'm, I, well, I love the city and I adore the orchestra, and uh, you know, two weeks a year I'm, I'm there regular as clockwork, and uh, we always have a great time. And, and I think this is a, an especially challenging program. It's a difficult program, this this, this one coming up, um, and of course, it's part of the the decades um, series. And this is all music written between uh, 1910 and 1920, I think. Speaking of that era in the 1910s, why was that such an exciting time for music? What was going on? Well, well, I mean, (laughs) 1913, of course, was the famous year when the Rhyme Spring was first um, burst upon the unsuspecting public. And that was one of the most revolutionary uh, pieces in the the history of music. But this, this whole time, up to the beginning of the First World War was particularly um, productive in, in in everywhere. I mean, the, the Mahler was uh, the Mahler only just died, um, and, Berg and 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 Berg were just beginning, and Charles Ives was was writing this crazy music in America. Now we see him as one of the greatest American composers, and then of course. The war came, and uh, Stravinsky, who had written these three big ballets, uh, culminating in *The Rite of Spring* in 1913, uh, then uh, went on to write pieces like *The Soldier's Tale*. And so we did, we do see after the war uh, really a change of, of style. Sir Andrew, you're going to be conducting Strauss's *Alpine Symphony*, and I can tell you, as a member of the brass section, we're all really looking forward to this. How would you describe that work? <laughs> well. When the, when the Alpine Symphony first came out, um, a lot of critics at the time just were were, very, were sort of dismissive of it and said it's just you know it's a series of um, picture postcards and, and, and Strauss showing off what a great orchestrator he is. And of course, it, it Perhaps the greatest example in his output of of command of the orchestra and how he could make, you know, there's a a waterfall, for instance. And it's no question. I mean, you listen to the music, you think that's a waterfall. Um, it, It is extraordinarily descriptive of the various things that one encounters on, on the mountain, As one, because, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a, we go into a nice meadow somewhere where there's a lot of cows, cowbells, and, and people yodeling in each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of my favorite moments is we finally get to the, to the summit, and the brass do this sort of triumphant, and then there's a moment of incredible stillness, and a solo oboe, does this very strange, reflective sort of musing um, music. And I think it's like you get to the top of the mountain and you look all around and see these incredible views and think, oh my goodness, how small we are. Then you, you get the grandeur of the view and, and the big climaxes are incredibly impressive. But I think if you do the piece right, it adds up to a kind of, in a way, a sort of hymn to nature. It, it's a very moving piece if, if the performance um, does right, which I'm, I'm sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> well, we so look forward to it and are so happy that you're coming to Toronto to lead the TSO through this work and this whole program. My pleasure, and I can't wait.